Stevenson to the outside. They score! From the left wing circle, Jack Eichel makes it 2-0 Vegas. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Carlson for Stone in front. He scores! Five two nights. Mark Stone, two goals, one assist, three points. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Hour number two rolling along here. VGK Insider Show, Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman, Darren Millard. We will chat with him on Tuesday. Have fun, buddy. Uh, so listen, I... We've got a lot to get to here in hour number two. We've got Bruce Cassidy audio. We've got one-timers, Bill Lindsay from NHL Network. Former Florida Panther is going to join us in just a few minutes. We're going to talk Matthew Kachuk. One of the most intriguing names to me in all of these playoffs is Matthew Kachuk. And it, it, listen, the Eastern Conference Final, I, like Rod Brindamore is getting a lot of flack for his post-series commentary where he said, hey, we, we lost, we were... We were beaten for games in a row, but we didn't get swept. And to be to be fair to Rod, like it was as close a four game sweep as you're going to find. Very reminiscent of Vegas, Los Angeles, year number one. Pretty reminiscent, to be honest with you, of what we saw or what we've seen from the Golden Knights and the Dallas Stars now through four games. And that you, you look at both of those teams, and it could have gone either way. But the Florida Panthers get it done. They await the winners of Vegas and Dallas. And if the Golden Knights can take care of business tomorrow night, then game number one of the Stanley Cup Final will go on Wednesday, May 31st. So just kind of a broad understanding of where we're at now ahead of game number five. And and a big one for the Vegas Golden Knights. Listen, Dallas, you know that they are going to be desperate again. But I think we've talked about it, and I'm going to get Chapman's thought on it here in a minute. I I don't think we've seen Vegas' best game. Throughout this series, I don't think that the Golden Knights have been able to play their full 60-minute game where they are absolutely not giving up much of anything and they are really doing a good job in the offensive zone. I think we've seen it in stretches. I think we've seen it in part, but we haven't seen it over the course of a 60-minute game the way that we did in, say, Game 5 or Game 6 against the Edmonton Oilers. So with that being said, will the Golden Knights play their best game of the series tomorrow night? Chapman. I think they do. I think I think they may play their best game of the playoffs tomorrow night. There's a lot at stake. You're at home. You're angry because I I think you know like I mentioned you and I you and I touched on that right yeah, like I, I, like Marshall's post game comments yeah. about basically basically saying we we let Aiden Hill down. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's going to resonate through the locker room. I think when Marshall speaks, especially in those terms, people listen. Sure. And. Uh, Look, I, I I think we like you mentioned we haven't seen their best game. These guys when they're when they're playing their best five on five, they shut down Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle. So you you're you're not worried about Jason Robertson and Rope Hintz. Look, those guys, Joe are, Pavelski. Those, those guys. Do you think, are, think the they overtime are, goal for Joe Pavelski unlocks him all of a sudden? Because I don't. No, I, I I don't think so. Look, Joe Pavelski, Hall of Famer. Rope Hintz is a guy who who is certainly on the trajectory. Hmm. Uh, Jason Robertson, tremendous, tremendous young talent, a guy who, who if he keeps playing the way he is, he'll be there too. But they're not at the level of Dreisaitl and McDavid. I, I, I mean, it's. I think if Vegas plays their game and they stay out of the penalty box, I don't think Dallas has a shot tomorrow. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, well, I think and that's not a knock on the stars. It's just it's just Vegas is better. They're, they 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 are better five on five than the Dallas Stars. And I I don't even think that they were bad on the penalty kill last night. You know what I mean? Like I I even look at that and I say, okay, was it just Jason Robertson making a great play? To a degree, sure. I I think that that's one of those situations where, you know, the Dallas Stars needed a hero, right? The Dallas Stars needed somebody to pull them up and deliver them a, a game five. And you know what? Jason Robertson was that guy. Certainly Joe Pavelski was that guy. But we're going to shift gears here. We're going to bring in Bill Lindsay. You can ca- you can watch Florida former Florida Panther and current NHL network analyst Bill Lindsay on NHL Tonight throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs. Bill, how you doing? Good. How you doing this? Early uh, afternoon, I guess, in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, it is early afternoon. I'm fantastic. Um, you know, obviously, we we know that you have a, a special place in your heart for the Florida Panthers, that organization. Uh, we're going to start there. We're going to talk about kind of this run from the Panthers, and you know, maybe maybe a moment where you believe that this might be possible for this team this season. Well, just uh, for them getting healthy. When I saw it with about 20 games left. And I saw the group intact. They could not get healthy the first part of the year. Paul Maurice, the coaching staff, you could see the systems start to take place, but you're wondering if it's too little, too late. You're scraping and clawing to get into the playoffs. You knew they they looked and resembled like the team they were last year with a different look as far as the way they forechecked and the pressure. They were a heavier forechecking team, but it was just could they just get over that finish line and get into the playoffs? I did have some belief in the way they were playing. Going against the Boston team that had a historic season, I'm not going to – I had doubts. Everyone mm-hmm. did. Uh, with the season that they compiled, we, the Panthers getting in as the last seed, could you beat a team that formidable? But when I first saw the first couple of games against Boston and the way the Panthers played and split in Boston and played really good in game one that they lost, I thought this, this has a possibility to, to be a series. And then when they battled back from 3-1, made it 3-2, I could see that there's no quit. The hunger's in this team. This team was on the brink time and time again as far as just getting into the playoffs. Game five against Boston, Brad Marchand has a, Breakaway with two seconds on the clock to end the series. Mm-hmm. Bobrovsky makes a save. The Panthers win in overtime. At that point, you're kind of wondering, once they won that series, is destiny on our side? And Boston was historically great. If you look at what the Panthers were able to do against the Toronto Maple Leafs and dust them off in five games mm-hmm. and go against Carolina, the second-best team in the East, and finish them off in... Uh, quick four-game four game set. It, it was a real tight series, but the Panthers have gone in the last 12 games 11-1. and one. So uh, I guess after that Boston series is when I really started to believe. You know, it, how much is the rest kind of the, the big factor for Sergei Bobrovsky? Because he's playing some of the best hockey that he's played in his career. And, you know, part of the the benefit, right, of maybe not starting Bobrovsky to start the playoffs and now having those early series, the five-gamer against the Leafs, the, the sweep here against the Carolina Hurricanes, like how much does the extra rest benefit Bobrovsky and how he plays? It does. He puts so much work in. And 
before he got into the net, he had three weeks off. There was an illness, injury, and then Alex Lane took over down the stretch. They knew it. I talked to the goaltending coach, Rob Chalice. They knew that they were going to turn to Bobrovsky at some point. He put in the work, and that's he, he works incredibly hard. He, but he hit the ground running. But he's an older goaltender, and a guy that he, when you talk like that four overtime game, he's a guy that's going to lose ten or fifteen pounds in a situation like that, and it's going to take a toll on his body, and he's going to need the recovery time. So to get the extra rest is something that is critical for a goaltender like Bobrovsky. It sharpens his skills. He can work on everything. When he starts to play a lot of games and they get compiled and there's not a lot of rest in there, sometimes there can be kind of chinks in the armor that just don't work out so well for him. And two, the biggest one, the biggest series you want rest for is the Stanley Cup because there is so much that goes on with the media, your family, your requests. You just want to have a little downtime to kind of wrap your head around it. So the Panthers getting it done in four is, from their side, critical not only for Bobrovsky, but for the whole team to just kind of grasp the situation that's ahead of them. Yeah, Bill, we, we talked a little bit about, you You had mentioned some injuries early in the season for this Florida Panthers team, but obviously over the summer they, they make the blockbuster trade with Calgary. They acquire Matthew Kachuk. Um, was was there a, and, and obviously the, the hiring of Paul Maurice, right? They they go from Andrew Burnett to, to Paul Maurice. So how much of a, of a learning curve and and how much does it take for for there to be continuity within the team? And and how much do the injuries factor into to kind of delaying that process? Like, are we seeing that that, that this is just the beginning of this Florida Panthers team? It's a possibility. I talked to Paul Maurice at the start of the year and the stuff that he was trying to do uh, from that high-octane offense last year that was run and gun, up and down, push tempo, to clogging up the neutral zone, dumping pucks in, being heavy on the forecheck. And about 20 games into the season, he was just just frustrated when he talked to me. He said, I just can't. Bennett's out of lineup. Barkov's out of lineup. It just doesn't seem like... I can get my whole group together when I want to and when I need it the most. So there was some frustration there. But once he did get that whole group finally assembled, they, they grasped onto everything. But there, there was frustration from Paul Maurice early on about the way this team plays because he was trying to change to what they are now. They went from first in the league mm-hmm. to carrying the puck in to, to second to last. They, they dumped the puck in during the regular season, second most out of anybody in the NHL. That didn't happen last year. That's a huge change in what you're trying to do. Uh, You went from an exclusive rush team to a team that almost exclusively dumps the puck and then relies on your forecheck. So it had to get that group healthy and together. So there's frustration from Paul Maurice, but he stuck with it, and the group stuck with it. And that's that's why now that you can see that everyone has bought into the systems that not only Bobrovsky had success, that's why Alex Lyon had success as well down the end. The goaltending has been good, but the team in front of the goaltenders has improved so much better. Is there a forward in the game, past or present, that has had a more clutch week, a better four-game stretch in terms of postseason clutch goals than Matthew Kachuk is over the course of the last week? Yeah, he's rewriting not only Panther history, but NHL history. Yeah, the last week that he was able to put together 
for the Panthers. And you go back to game one, the four overtime game, if you asked him, you would maybe tell him it, it may be one of the worst games that he played. Mm-hmm. Through almost seven periods, he was invisible, had two shots from the outside. The third shot he gets is a spin-around chance in the slot, and it goes top shelf, and he ends up with the game winner, the hero, and everyone forgets about six periods of pretty bad hockey by him, by his standard. Uh, 4.3 seconds on the clock and overtime to score the game winner, the ever overtime goal on, on the power play. And you, you even go back even further. He had an overtime winner in the Boston series. Mm-hmm. He assisted on the overtime winner to Carter. Every big goal, it seems like Matthew Kachuk is in. It's what he's done in these playoffs in critical clutch situations is going to go down in the record books as one of the greatest playoff performances, even if they don't win the Stanley Cup, of clutch playoff performances of all time. NHL Network analyst Bill Lindsay and former Florida Panther joining us here on the VGK Insider Show. Um, obviously, a lot of attention is paid to Matthew Kachuk and certainly Sergei Bobrovsky for what they've done on this run. But like, I want to highlight Brandon Montour. Like, this is just a guy that plays a ton of hockey, is incredibly smart with his decision-making. How important has Brandon Montour been to this run for this team this year? Uh, well, you lose Mackenzie Weger in that trade for Kachuk. He goes over. He was a guy that played a lot of minutes, but Paul Maurice just handed the keys over to Brandon Montour. He went from 17 and a half minutes last year to averaging 24 and a half minutes this year, and quarterbacking the power play. And he just he's a, he's a rover. He'll tell you that. He says, I'm not particularly a defenseman. I'm a rover. I just go where I want on the ice. And Paul Maurice has just given him the green light, and he skates so well that if he makes a mistake, he can get back. His defense partner, Mark Stahl, a veteran, deserves a lot of credit because Mark Stahl is so reliable that he always seems to be in the right place to, to clean up kind of any mishaps that Montour might have, but his his skating ability and his drive has just been unleashed in the offensive talent. And you can almost draw, you guys are in the West, so you're you're familiar with what Josh Morrissey did this year in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. You could almost draw a direct parallel between Josh Morrissey and Brandon Montour. They both, their career high were in around that 35, 37 point range, and both of them put up over 70 points this year in, with new coaches and new systems. Uh, so it just, the potential was always there. And he's been with the loss of Mackenzie Weger. He, he's been the guy to quarterback the power play, be the offensive force from the blue line. If you don't get that from Montour this year and that get that kind of production, you're not in this Stanley cup final. The bill, you mentioned Sasha Barkov, and, and he's a guy I, I have a love affair with. Like, I, I just love watching him play. But is he the most underrated player in the NHL? And if he played in, in a, a more traditional market, say Montreal or Toronto, would he be a superstar? Yeah, he would be a, definitely be a superstar in that market. He's a superstar in the league. He's, he's underrated is a term that's been used for him for, for quite some time, and part of it's because of his unassuming nature. Not not always the market that he's in down here in South Florida, but he, he's a quiet, reserved guy. And where Matthew Kachuk, he's, he's in this market, but everyone knows about Matthew Kachuk already. <laughs> he, Matthew, Matthew is loud, outspoken, brash. He's going to give you, uh, he's gonna give you straightforward answers. 
He's always talking, always seems to be in the dressing room, goofing around. Barkov just comes, puts his skates on, goes to work, does not a lot of talk. He's just going to let his play just back it up. But the underrated part, if you he, he won a Selkie Trophy already, and now he's a cat, first finish captain to lead his team to a Stanley Cup final. And you look around the league, the players around the league don't think he's underrated, and he's getting a chance to shine on, on the big moments. So under, underrated maybe is a term that you can use, but uh, he he's among the elite's best, and within the hockey circles, people people definitely know about him. It's just to me, it's just more of his un, unassuming, quiet nature that people think that he doesn't quite get the credit he deserves. You know, when you look at potential Stanley Cup final opponents, obviously you've got the Vegas Golden Knights, a 3-1 series lead over the Dallas Stars. You've got Dallas. It's a it's an uphill climb, but they are still in this series until they're not in this series. Is there a matchup between either Vegas or Dallas that you think benefits the Florida Panthers? You never know once you get to that point because you just don't see those Western Conference teams enough like you, you know, you see the East all year, and you you kind of know going in. We've seen them all year. We're familiar with, with a lot of what they do. But just from watching the series so far, Vegas is is tough. <laughs> they're tough. I mean, their their defense are so big. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack 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 Eichel not having to be a superstar on that team, but playing like a superstar with some of the veteran leadership around him has really kind of with catapulted that team and Bruce Cassie, the coach, the ability to play four lines and just come after you. Uh, Dallas sort of has that same mindset, but I, when I'm watching this series, the way that it's played out uh, last night, without that Jason Robertson line with Rope Hintz and Pavelski, they've scored six of the eight goals for Dallas. Mm-hmm. They, ha- they don't have the secondary production that Vegas has been able to get uh, especially in this series, it, you don't say one matchup favors or another, but Vegas at this point with that three to one lead, they definitely think like to me going to be a would be a much heftier opponent to face if you, you just kind of go up and down their their lineup with their defense core. And the only question mark would uh, regarding Vegas is can Aiden Hill continue in track like this all the way through the Stanley Cup Finals? Uh, Jake Ottinger's kind of been all over the place, but he did prove it last year in the playoffs. But both those teams are great. They get there for a reason, and I'm not going to put anything past any of those teams. But Vegas, Vegas, it's look. I believe Vegas wins that series, and it's going to be a it's going to be a toe to toe series against two really great hockey teams. So it was great television. You know, you were on NHL Network. We find out that the Florida Panthers uh, had clinched a spot in the Stanley Cup final. Emotions were were obviously spilling over. Like being being a Florida Panther, right? Playing for the organization during their highest mark, right? And and now getting to kind of relive that. What, what's it mean to you? Yeah, it means a lot. Just the biggest why all the emotions is I've been down here for pretty much 30 years. Mm-hmm. I played for different teams, but I always kept a home base here. When I, I retired, I immediately started working for the team. But what, what made it so special for me is that, like you guys in Vegas, what you've accomplished in these first six years, our first four or five years down here in South Florida, we did the same sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, got to the Stanley Cup final in the third year. 
we captured the hearts of all the people of South Florida. It became home to me. I fell in love with the community. I got to know all the fans. And then we went through all those, all those tough stretches of years with not a lot of success. So to see it come back and see the fan base come alive again and to see it put back on the map and to get another chance at the Stanley Cup, for me, I, I, I'm never going to hold the Stanley Cup unless it's with this Panther organization. I couldn't do it as a player, so I only have one chance left to ever maybe lift it over my head after the players are, are done with it at some point and grab it and take a picture with it. I've never touched it in my life. And I never will. And uh, for me, that's why just to see it come back here to South Florida, see the passion from the fans restored like it was, like we built it back up. It's This team is building it back up. They're capturing the hearts and the imaginations of the fans again. The building is sold out. And that's, to me, why I had such an outpouring, because of when you go through the difficult times, you kind of treasure the the times when it becomes special failure. You have to go through failure sometimes to have, to have that success. But when you get that success, it, it just makes it that much more, more sweet once you finally get there. And that's why to me, I had just had that outpouring of emotion. I just can't believe that we actually finally get another chance at this thing after 27 years. Bill, I, the last time we had John, it was during all-star week. And we talked about the tradition of the rat. And every time I see rats on the ice, I think back to the story that you told of the tradition of how the rat became a thing in South Florida. So for those who may not have heard it the last time we had you on, how did that come about? Yeah, so Miami Arena, we never practiced there. We just played there. And our dressing room was small, and it had a little corridor that led down into it. And it was about, the corridor was about four feet wide, and our dressing room was just enough to fit the stalls in and put a table in the middle. And we were getting ready to go onto the ice, and a rat came flying down that corridor that's only three feet wide with players. So players are scrambling everywhere, trying to <laughs> dive into the training room, wherever they can go. The rat made it into the dressing room, and it, it was trapped at that point. It had nowhere to go. But the players, they started jumping on stalls, different reactions, and... Finally, it made its way to Scott Mellonby, and Scott Mellonby was not afraid of the rat and <laughs> just uh, took a one-timer with a stick, and it went about, went about 15 feet across the room and impaled into the drywall and died on the spot. Uh, oh, we did put a little memorial there, a rest-in-peace date, and bought a big toy rat to pay respect to it. But uh, during the game, Scott Mellonby went out, scored two goals, still had rat hair and blood on his stick, didn't have time to tape his stick. And after the game, John Van Biesbrook said he scored a rat trick, and the press was asking, scored a rat trick? What are you talking about? Well, he mm-hmm. said, scored two goals and killed a rat. And it, the paper ran with, it, the, the, ran with it the next day, and from that moment on, rats started to filter on the ice slower, slowly, and then more frequently, then more frequently, until it was just pouring rats, and to me, that's what's cool. It was unique to that one year. The NHL banded after that year, which I'm glad. Mm-hmm. It was a one-year thing. It was one and done. It's unique. It's part of our history, and it's still carried on today. It's still part of our lore, and that's something that, that, that I was talking about, that we built up here, and it's still something that's remembered here 29, 27 years later or whatever it is. So that's kind of the story of the rat.
That's um, absolutely phenomenal. Hey, Billy, thanks so much for jumping on here and doing this. I, I really appreciate the time. I really do hope over the next three weeks you you get to kind of soak all of it in and enjoy it as best you can. And, uh, you know, hopefully over the next couple of weeks we can get you back on, perhaps to talk about uh, a Vegas and Florida series. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. Uh, we'll watch tomorrow night. And Vegas, you guys, what you've accomplished there, it's uh, – I mean, four Western Conference Finals in six years, a Stanley Cup in the first year trying to get back. Mm. Again, you guys have done it well and done it right, so you guys enjoy it because, like I said, we've had some tough times down here, and it's, you guys, what you guys have put together as an organization is really, really, really special. I know your fans appreciate it, your team does in the community. So wish you the best of luck in game number and game number six, and if it is Florida and Vegas, we'll uh, we'll catch up. All right, great stuff. Thanks so much for jumping on here, Billy. Enjoy it, okay? All right, thank you, guys. That is Bill Lindsay, former Florida Panther and current NHL Network analyst, joining us here. You can catch him on NHL Tonight throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs. Phenomenal stuff. Like <laughs> I couldn't breathe. The rat story. I couldn't breathe. This is the second time so. you've heard it, and yes, you're like, and you're it's all still, in. It's still the one of the funniest things. Like. Like part of part of me feels sorry for the rat. Sure, part of me, part of you. But it's such a funny story, and and the way that it just evolved well, into this this like almost like a, a cult like phenomenon. They commemorated, right? Yeah, like yeah. They, they they were respectful after the fact. <laughs> I, like, I, I think the part where Melon B goes out and he scores two goals yeah. with rat hair and blood yeah, on his 100%. stick. I mean that that absolutely is the cherry on top of the Sunday there, and the aspect of of kind of. What, what Bill was talking about, right? Like, you get there in your third year, right? You start to believe in those moments. And I think that for Golden Knights fans, like, it's pretty similar, right? You go to the Stanley Cup final, you're number one. You just kind of expect that that's how things are supposed to go. And and to a degree, like, I would I would look at the Seattle Kraken in the same way, right? Like, Seattle has a rough first season. They get to within one win of a conference final in year number two. That's where the bar is now. For Seattle, and, and this is kind of what we expect here in Vegas. That you know, if we're talking about June hockey, we're expecting the Golden Knights to be right in the conversation. And when you go through something like that, and it doesn't happen for a while, like if you're a Golden Knight fan and you start to think about what it was like this time last year, it sucked. Having, having no playoffs, it sucked for us. It was it was tough, right? And and you start to think about organizations like the Florida Panthers that had great success early, and then it was pretty lean for a long time. You feel good about the emotion that you see, and and for Florida, this has been building. They win a President's Trophy last year. They finally went around in the playoffs before losing to Tampa Bay. We start to talk about this Panthers team like, well, they've got to find something. They've got to do something different. And what do they go out and do? They make a blockbuster trade and bring in the absolute player that you need to win in the playoffs. A a, a bleep disturber if there ever was oh, they've one. They've got a couple of them on that team. Oh, they do. For sure. You've got you've got Sam Bennett. You've got Matthew Kachuk. Radko you've got Gudis. Nick Cousins. You've got Radko Gudis. The Florida Panthers are a pain in the butt to play against. And and I think the idea of understanding what their story was this year, it wasn't just underperforming team. It wasn't just sitting there saying, okay, well, they just don't have it. There were injuries. Yeah. And anytime you bring in a new coach who recognizes and understands how you've got to play in order to actually be successful in the playoffs, and then you get healthy, you're bought in, and there's belief 
why the Florida Panthers are where they are. Well, I, I think the, the most amazing aspect of this entire story, and I think you kind of mentioned it on, on uh, when was it, Wednesday? This team isn't even in the playoffs if the Pittsburgh Penguins beat the Blackhawks and the Blue Jackets the last two games there's of the season. A, there's a lot that happens there. Like, like think about that. You, you get skunked by the Blackhawks mm-hmm. at home yep. in your next-to-last game, mm-hmm. and then you, you, you lose to the Blue Jackets in overtime. Your last two games, you win one in regulation, you're in the playoffs. Sure, yeah. Yeah, if the Penguins do not lose that game to Chicago— Chicago doesn't draft Connor Bedard. Yeah. I right? Think about that. The Florida Panthers do not make the playoffs. And we're not talking about Matthew Kachuk going on this run. Yeah. We're not talking about Paul Maurice as the guy that that had the understanding of this is a very talented team. This is a team that can that can utilize their high offensive skill to win games in the regular season, but they have to change the way that they play going into the postseason. We're not talking about Paul Maurice as the the, the right fit there. We're, we're talking about a completely different thing, and then we're probably talking about the Boston Bruins because I I don't think the Penguins as as they were constructed were beating the were Bruins. beating the Bruins. Yeah. It, regardless of my personal belief on the Bruins as a team that didn't face any adversity and I figured that they would lose, I figured that they would lose in embarrassing and, and beautiful fashion, and it happened, I think we're talking about the Bruins in this in this spot. And, and, and then who knows, like, what does that do for the Toronto Maple Leafs, right? Like, does Toronto get through? Yes. Do they play Boston? Yes. Is that where the Bruins start to feel a little bit of adversity? Or were the Toronto Maple Leafs just that team that was like, hey, we went around. We went it's around. Our, we're sta- happy it's to be our there. Stanley Cup championship. We're good. Yeah, Kyle Dubas is still employed. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, if they if they won, I don't want I don't know about that. <laughs> I I don't think get, I don't even know. I, I don't think I don't think that the writing was ever on the wall for Kyle Dubas. Think, think about the, I really don't. like like the 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 aspect of of the Pittsburgh Penguins being the cog in the wheel that that kind of allowed this to happen. I mean, and they cleaned house too. And Chicago gets Bedard. Oh, that's God. the part that bothers me the most. I really think that's the part that bothers me the most. Anyway, good stuff from Bill Lindsay. Fantastic. I, I really do feel feel awesome for him and I, again i hope he enjoys every bit of it right because as, as we talk to him the enthusiasm you can you can feel it the emotions there yeah. right and and when you you've been in that position and you've gone through it and you know how special it can be and how fleeting it can be at the same time it just gives a lot of perspective to how much if you're a golden knights fan in this moment right now you can be disappointed all you want that they weren't able to close it out in four games, but they've got another opportunity tomorrow, and that's all that matters because if they win tomorrow, if they win one more game over the next three potential games, they're back in the Stanley Cup Final, and it only took them six seasons to do it. All right. One-timers coming up next on the VGK Insider Show. Carlson left corner. Centered one-timer score! It's time for one-timers. One-timers. A quick look at news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. One-timers, news and notes from around the NHL. Okay, so here we're going to do something a little bit different. There's not a ton going on right now. Everyone's nervously and anxiously awaiting Vegas and Dallas Game 5, a win for the Golden Knights, and they punch their ticket to the Stanley Cup Final. There are three teams remaining in the NHL playoffs. So I want to go back and forth here with Chris Chapman. All three teams, okay? All three teams, because superstitious 
people being who they are probably don't want us to jinx anything, even though that's not a real thing and it doesn't actually happen, unless Darren Millard brings up a specific statistic that goes absolutely awry. That's the only time we talk about statistics. That's the only time we talk about jinxes because he is a literal jinx. <laughs> 100%. Like, if you were to look up the word jinx in the dictionary, there would be a picture of Mallard right next to it. With him. his feet kicked up. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Nonchalant. They should yeah. just start the game with a one on the board. Get shut out. <laughs> Unreal. It's it's uncanny, his ability to say, hey, this is a thing that I've noticed. Canada doesn't lose to the U.S. Oh, boy. <laughs> I think that that set the basis of our relationship yeah. on the wrong foot. I don't care though. The, uh, the the national anthem was. Oh boy, I feel bad. Like I think I still have it in. Listen, here. as as much as Golden Pipes tried, there's only so much you can do there. There's only so much you can do there. But let's go, Florida Panthers. Okay. We're going to go with the team that is in the Stanley Cup final as of right this moment. Your leading candidate for the Smythe. Well, I got to start with Matthew Kachuk. Really, not Bob. Yeah. Why? I mean, Bobrovsky's played well. Yeah. But as we mentioned, every big goal that Florida seems to score in these playoffs, Matthew Kachuk has been a part of. I mean, how many overtime winners? Four? I mean, yeah. I mean, four? I think he's got three. I think the record. Oh, okay, three. Yeah, but, yeah. but I still view. Listen, I'm going to forever view game four against Carolina as an overtime winner. I don't care what anybody yeah, says. Four I know seconds it, ago. I know what happened in regulation. I'm counting it as an overtime winner. Yeah. Well, I'm with you. Let's okay. go. The the jury says that's acceptable. Okay, I am 100% with you. I, I'm not, like, as much as the Sergei Bobrovsky story is really cool for the player, for the individual, right? Like, you've got Bob who lost his job, and I promise you I'm not trying to rhyme. This is a guy that I, you just didn't know if he'd ever regain it, right? Like, you didn't know if he'd ever find it again. And with that massive contract, you start talking about $10 million for a goalie. You've got nothing to show for it. Oh, this story from Bobrovsky is phenomenal. But the fact of the matter is, Matthew Kachuk sets the tone for this team. He sets the tone for the belief in the room. He sets the tone on the ice, off the ice. I know Barkov's the captain, but Matthew Kachuk's the leader of this team. And what he's done has been phenomenal. He is 100%. If we're doing it right now, today, in this moment, it's Matthew Kachuk's to lose. And what's funny is, I think, it, had you like asked me after the first series who was her best player, I probably would have said Carter Verhage. Sure, it's fair. And now, now Matthew Kachuk has kind of taken what Verhage started, and he's amped it up, and he's taken it to another level. You know what's crazy about Matthew Kachuk? He had 27 playoff games with the Calgary Flames. How many points do you think Kachuk had in 27 playoff games with the oh, Flames? Oh, man. The For context, he's got 21 points in 16 games. Nine goals, 12 assists in 16 games right now with the Florida Panthers in the playoffs. I'm going to guess it's a lot less than that. 15 points. Wow. 15 points. He has more, oh boy, more goals, assists, and points in 16 games with the Florida Panthers in the playoffs than he had his entire run with the Calgary Flames. Well, I think I think that kind of lends credence to the idea that the Calgary Flames have continued to underachieve sure. this these last couple of seasons. I mean, last year being one um, in the bubble, they, they 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 didn't really make a whole lot of noise. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I guess maybe a change of scenery was good for him. 
I mean, it, and it's another one of those weird cases, right? Like if, if Johnny Goudreau re-signs in Calgary, mm-hmm. do they make the move to trade Matthew Kachuk? I wouldn't have. I, no. I don't, I mean, but I don't I mean, think I don't think Matthew Kachuk wants to go then, right? Like, yeah, who knows? But the fact of the matter is, you're right. The change of scenery, phenomenal for Matthew Kachuk. And, he and is who a wouldn't enjoy playing down there? Legitimate superstar in this league, yeah. right? Like, I think all all bets are off at this point. Like he is that guy. All right, let's move over to the Dallas Stars. Save the Golden Knights for last. Yeah, okay. Even though I think it's the one that probably needs the most time because there's so many candidates. Yeah, they're really you're are. leading Con Smythe candidate for the Dallas Stars. I'm going to say the guy who scored the game winner last night. Stop it. He got nine, nine goals no, for them. No, it's a rope bay hint. What are we doing? I, I, I think it's Pavelski. Because he scored that goal? No, because he's got, first of all, he scored the four goals in one game. He's He's been a huge contributor. He he was great for them in earlier series. And, and look, it's not his fault that, that his line is the only one scoring right now in this series. It's his first goal of the series, Chapman. But... I think he doesn't have he, a he doesn't have a goal five on five in the series. But you, you you look at what he's done up to this point, and and remember he 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 missed a, a bunch of time with injuries. Lost a game where he scored four goals. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty that's, funny. That's the other highlight <laughs> of his postseason. So did Leon Draisaitl. <laughs> it's Rope hints to me. Like he's been the most consistent. Jason Robertson, if he has more games like he did last night, then, oh, then all of a sudden man. that that's well, the player. Let, let, let's hope he doesn't. <laughs> well, sure, sure. I'm just I'm just. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, I know. I yeah. know. Okay. So neither one of us are going Jake Ottinger. No, I don't think he's been. Probably any... should have Miro Haskinen in consideration. Yeah. But I I go Rope Hints. You're saying Joe Pavelski, and that's ridiculous. Anyway, <laughs> the Vegas Golden Knights. Maybe I'm trying to jinx that guy. Yeah, the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, There's a couple of different directions that I, I want to go here, and I know we're up against it. Um, Why not Aiden Hill? Why not? I remember saying on this very program, before the playoffs even started, that I could see a Golden Knight goaltender being in consideration for the Conn Smythe because, A, if you are playing in the Stanley Cup final and that is a legitimate consideration for why you would be in, in the running, it's probably because you need a goalie to get really hot. And as great as Lauren Brossois was early on in the postseason, Aiden Hill's been everything and maybe a little bit more since coming in in relief for Brossois when he got injured. I don't know how you don't have Aiden Hill in the conversation. He's in the conversation, but I wouldn't give it to him. Where are you going? I'm going with Jonathan Marchessault. Really? Yes. I like that. I think every... Like, it's the Matthew Kachuk effect. Sure. Every big goal this team scores, mm-hmm. Jonathan Marchessault somehow seems to be a part of it. The hat trick in Edmonton to close out that series... I know he he didn't have a whole lot in that first series against Winnipeg. Sure. But since that time, I think... Eight goals in eight games. I think him and William Carlson mm-hmm. have been the most consistent players on this team. And I think I think they have been the best players on this team since, so, since that series. I think the front runner is Jack Eichel. I think so, too. I don't think Jonathan Marshall is the front runner. Now, if he has a big game tomorrow, I think you're probably altering the conversation whoever win whoever gets the game winning goal right like because i i the series clincher so to speak if, if it's jack eichel like it's his first goal of the series and make no mistake he's been a beast he's been so good in yeah. so many areas he just hasn't been able to put the puck in the back of the net against Dallas. if he gets a goal tomorrow right if he's involved if he has another one of those three-point nights like it's jack eichel's locked up 
going into the final. Yes. Now, that being said, I want some I want like another big production game from William Carlson. Yes. Because if if you could get William Carlson within striking distance because of everything like that he's done. Like a goal and two assists. Yeah. Yeah. If you get a three-point night out of William Carlson, if you get that kind of pushing in that direction because of the work that he did on Connor McDavid in, in round number two, because he was so consistent and so good against Winnipeg, really, when the Golden Knights didn't have anything going in the first four periods of that series, William Carlson was driving the bus. He was phenomenal. I would love to live in a world where it's a tough, tough decision between Jack Eichel and William Carlson. I Well, you know I, I would love to see William Carlson yeah. win, win the Conn Smythe. Yep. But... I'm going to throw a name at you. He's not going to win it. Okay. But any love for Alex Petrangelo? Absolutely. The guy has been... I mean, I don't care about the slash, but he has... <laughs> well, he, you, you he, don't care about well, it. There's, some, a couple of, there's a couple thousand people in, in Edmonton well, on Twitter what, that are going to yell at you about it. I don't it. care what they think either. <laughs> but he has been their best defenseman. Yep. yep. He's He's been productive. Mm-hmm. I know he, he got his first goal in Game 3 the other night, but... Man, he's been and and the other thing that I will I will point to when they were struggling against Winnipeg in that game two, mm-hmm. it was Alex Petrangelo physically, yep, who asserted himself mm-hmm. into that series and kind of turned it around. Now I know I know the people who vote don't look at that, but you and I can look at that because we're around this team every day, and I think Alex Petrangelo is making a case. He's not going to win it mm-hmm. unless he goes on a tear. Sure, but he's been he's been. Really, really, and that's why you bring him here. Yeah, I agree. Like, like for that, I, I don't. I think he's certainly in the conversation. I, I don't know that there's going to be enough to, to kind of push yeah. him over a, a Carlson or an Eichel or even an Aiden Hill at this point. But uh, it, it's an interesting discussion, and as you can see, they've got so many guys. They've got way more guys than everybody else. It's kind of kind of the antithesis of the season. Hey, everybody! They have a deep, deep hockey team. Go figure that. Those are your one-timers for today, May 26th. Not that hard. It's really not that hard. Catching up with Chapman's next. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Alright, Ryan. Well, I, I'm, I'm pretty confident the Golden Knights are going to win tomorrow night, but Selfishly, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that they win for a variety of reasons. None more than I just want to be able to spend Monday afternoon out by the pool, drinking some Coronas, grilling some burgers, and just enjoying the day off. Mm-hmm. No stress, no show, no having to worry. Oh my gosh, they lost game five, and now they're going to go back to Dallas for game six. Just close it out and be done with it. And uh, let's have a very unstressful Monday and come back Tuesday and be ready for uh, the Stanley Cup final. We'll start on Wednesday. It's a quick turnaround. It really is. Assuming, you know, again, that it gets done tomorrow. I, I, I'm not going to throw predictions out there, but again, I, I feel pretty confident in the Golden Knights ability in this series to close it out at some point. And I mean, to be honest with you, like Vegas, Florida would be real fun. You really would. It would be really fun. Now, again. Because I think back to when Matthew Kachuk was with Calgary and he yeah. came here. Oh, yeah. 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 That's who he is. He was hated. Yep. And he's like. And it was a good time. He's like leveled up here. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like He's like Mario eating the he, mushroom. Yes. 100%. 100%. <laughs> like he's Mario coming back to Bowser's Castle. But 
To be fair, I, I don't know that the Golden Knights are quite Bowser in this. Anyway, doesn't no, matter. No, they're, they're, they're the good guys. All right, listen, I'm going to talk to you all tomorrow, 4 o'clock, pregame show, game five. Big one for the Vegas Golden Knights.